light industrial commercial investing. It is something I've never even thought about uh, as an asset class to go after until today's conversation with Mr. Darren Smith. Before we get into the conversation today, let me tell you a little bit about Darren. After serving almost six years in the Army, Darren has spent the last 18 years as a professional real estate investor. He has flipped, rented, wholesaled hundreds of residential properties, and in recent years has purchased several million dollars worth of light industrial properties as long-term holds. This is mind-blowing to me. Darren's greatest achievement has been to surround himself with an incredible team of industry and military veterans who are every bit as passionate about helping people as he is. His biggest supporters are his wife, Lauren, and his son, Henry. We're going to skip all the ads for today. Let's just get right into the meat and talking to Darren on this asset class that I've never even thought about. It's light industrial commercial investing for a long-term buy and hold. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. What's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms, founder of the W2 Capitalist Podcast. Today, I am delighted to introduce to you or have have you listen to Darren Smith. Again, if you already know him, let me go through his bio real quick, right? So after serving almost six years in the Army, thank you for your service, Darren. Uh, Darren has spent the last 18 years as a professional real estate investor. He has flipped, rented, wholesaled hundreds of residential properties and in recent years has purchased several million dollars worth of light industrial properties as long-term holds. Darren's greatest achievement has been to surround himself with the incredible team of industry, team of industry military veterans who are very, every bit as passionate about helping people as he is, right? His biggest supporters are his wife, Lauren, and his son, Henry. So right off the bat, Darren, I gotta know, how long have you been in marital bliss? And how old is your, is your son? I'm, I'm glad she's not going to listen to this, actually, because I'm not sure if it's 14 or 15 years. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta think about wait that. Wait a minute. Up. Wait a minute. We got to get her as a subscriber. That's a, <laughs> that is a problem right there. No, right, I, 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 I'm I with you. I we'll hope nobody. That. 2006, I guess, I guess coming up on 15 years and actually uh, took us a while to, uh, to have our first uh, child, Henry. So he actually just turned seven months old. So we've been having a ton of fun with him. Uh, definitely a joy. And uh, we, now I'm trying to talk her into uh, the next uh, one or two here. We'll see how that goes. So a deeper congratulations and thank you for being here because I have three of my own, uh, six and under. And that first six months is is like a blur, right? Like you probably, your last memory was probably when you guys left the hospital, right? Because it's just, it's such a it's a blur, but yeah, y'all are about to enter the fun, fun, fun. Every stage is fun. But to me, after that six months, I could remember stuff. You know what I mean? 
he's been sleeping uh, about 11, 12 hours a night since the eighth week. So wow, he's been nice. blessed beyond blessed and just, just a ton of fun. That is, that is unheard of. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys feeding him like uh, a shot before he goes Benadryl. to bed? Benadryl. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I've always heard that rumor. I don't know. Maybe it's true. Parents do that. All right. So let me ask you about your focus on light industrial uh, commercial. What, what are we actually talking about here? What does that phrase mean? I don't talk to a lot of people who do uh, industrial, let alone use the phrase light industrial commercial. So, so what does that actually mean? My niche that I focus on is buildings that are 5,000 to 50,000 square feet. And I say light industrial because uh, nothing I have is just really like heavy machinery, like tons of chemicals, you know, um, th things that are going to be, you know, maybe have environmentals, you know, I'm just not advanced enough in my career to be able to handle that type of thing. So for me, I like stuff that's light manufacturing, uh, you know, making things that, you know, aren't going to cause environmental problems or just warehousing. Uh, my first building I purchased was a 23,000 square foot uh, warehouse. It was 14 years old and I, I still have that one and uh, just really like it because it's nice. Time out. Time out. You mm -hmm. purchased your first property when you were 14 years old? No, 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 no. It was a 14 year old property. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did meet a friend, uh, a son of a friend this last weekend, uh, who at 16 years old, um, already has flipped a couple of houses where he's actually managing them. So I love seeing stuff like that, where wow. you know, uh, investors are passing on the traits to their kids. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, that is something we're trying to do as well. Uh, you know, we're, we're actually setting up, uh, policies for our kids. Like, uh, if you're familiar with the infinite banking concept, and we're going to go ahead and start funding their policies now. And it's, it's like a thousand dollar premium, uh, annual premium. So it's not a whole lot, but by the time they turn 18, 20, they're going to have funds that they, you know, cash out of that policy that they can use to go. Now I'm going to be the owner of that policy so I can direct them on as long as I'm still around and kicking. Right. But I'll, I'll be able to direct them what to use with, and they will see the power of that. And, um, it's, it's, it's an incredible thing. I don't remember who planted that seed with me, but it is, it is definitely, um, I love it. I love being able to, like yesterday, I took my son, we had to do some wire transfers yesterday and uh, he rode with me and we got into the, you know, our banks, the lobbies closed down for COVID. So we had to sit in the drive-thru and kind of do all this. And, and um, he was like, now what are we doing? Like, well, yeah. we're, we're, we're buying a prop. Well, we're doing two transfers. We're buying a property. It's an EMD. And I had to explain to him the whole EMD thing. And then, um, we're doing a private money note and we were wiring for the closing for that. And, and he, he seemed to get it and he's only six. So I don't know, hopefully, hopefully we're on the, on the right path and, and I'm sure you will be too. Uh, it's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So I interrupted you ended up in uh, light industrial commercial properties. Let's get into that a little bit because um, I'm intrigued by it. And, and I'll tell you why here in just a minute, but. Sure. Happy to go into that a bit more. And I just want to second uh, what you said about the infinite banking. Uh, Tom Lonnie is the guy that I, I use and he set up one for myself and for, I think he was one month old and I created the account for, nice. Uh, nice. for my son as well. So I got that. Well on your way. Well. That's awesome. <laughs> well on this way. Uh, what I love about the, the light industrial space um, is do, doing real estate investing for a long time. And with houses and the multifamily uh, space, 
I just found it's, it is so ultra competitive. Um, you know, we've, we've flipped and wholesaled hundreds of houses at this point. And by the way, I do want to give, we'll, we'll get into this, but a ton, so much of that credit goes to my team, you know, not to me. So um, we'll talk about that later, but couldn't do it without them. But I just kept seeing, you know, every conference I went to, every, uh, you know, mastermind, the masterminds that I'm in, the Facebook groups, just everybody talks about multifamily. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. There's, there's a ton of things that are really positive about multifamily and it's a great asset class. Um, but because of those reasons, I just felt so, so crowded out. Um, and yeah. just looking at cap rates drop and drop. I'm looking at people selling duplexes on cap rates and stuff like that you know, before you <laughs> get into the work and stuff. And it's just, it's a crazy world and, and crazy syndications. Um, and there's people that really know what they're doing and do it well. And I think are going to be successful long-term. And I know several of them. Uh, and there's definitely the other players in that market too, uh, yeah. which are driving prices down. And, and I think a lot of that's going to end really badly for, for them and for their investors. So yeah. I, I said, where do I want to go and, and, and look for something that maybe just has a little bit more room in it. And I, I didn't quite know where I was going to land in the beginning. You know, obviously there's multifamily, there's retail, there's office and there's industrial and there's subclasses of all of those you can get into, but that's kind of the big four. And I just, I started focusing on retail and I, I actually was under contract last year on a big retail uh, property. So I've dabbled in that. I'm under contract on an office building actually, as we speak, uh, I'll probably be closing on. So it's not that I'm exclusively industrial, but what I loved about industrial, at least pre COVID anyway, was there wasn't that really many, many people playing in that field. Um, it's a lot of, it's a little bit riskier in some cases because it's single tenant. A lot of times mm. you can get in a small bay industrial, which you know has the smaller uh, tenants and, you know, and a bunch of them in there that, that spread your risk out. But a lot of times it's one tenant in these buildings. Um, I had one property that I purchased and it had the, the rent was supposed to be $17,000 a month coming in and I didn't get paid for the first seven months. And so, you know, in multifamily, wow. you don't have that. Uh, yeah. you can't float that kind of thing. It can, it can really, you know, hurt you because in multifamily you're, you're getting paid small increments. Um, but I just like the cap rates. They were, they were several, uh, points higher, you know, instead of looking at, six and seven caps and, and significantly lower in some cases now on multifamily, you know, I was starting yeah. in the, uh, you know, seven to eight and even, and even nine cap range, uh, looking at industrial. And then also it got uh, down to the people that I was talking with that own these properties. It's, uh, it, to be honest, it's a bunch of good old boys is really what it comes down to. These guys, they, a lot of them kind of maybe they own their business in it. So they, you know, they, they show up, you're talking to them there in work boots and jeans and t-shirts, and you can sit down and grab a cup of coffee at the diner. And I just love those conversations. I really enjoyed talking with them. Um, and the other thing is I like, I'm able to get really creative with the financing on some of these. Uh, if, if I'm not getting them at a, at a, a good enough discount, where it makes sense, you know, to do an all cash deal. I talked to them about, you know, holding holding a second on the property, and you know, part part of the down payment, um, and have been able to through a lot of hard work get get some banks that I can work with that allow that kind of thing. Um, so it allows me to get a little bit lighter, and the sellers are happy to work with that. I show them how I can make it win for them because let's yeah. be honest, if you're buying a house, what are you buying? You have to find out what are the things that the seller really wants. You know, how can I get them to to their goals? And once you figure that out and make it a win win, then uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> office space. You're so in the mid middle of COVID you're, you're offering on office space or you're buying office space, you're buying retail or you're under contract uh, for retail. Um, you're definitely swimming against the path, uh, or the current, right. <laughs> Which I love because I, I agree with you. I, I see cap rates. Matter of fact, 
there's a there's a binder over here in my trash can um that uh, a sponsor sent me in the mail and it, it's uh, a four cap uh and not a four cap market it's not even in an msa and i'm like oh my gosh i, I why are you sending this to me um but I, and i'm with you I, I think there's a lot of investors who are getting caught up in the hype right now and a lot of sponsors who think they know what they're doing uh and they're they're getting caught up in the hype we'll leave it at that but are you not concerned with what COVID's going to do with office space and and that and retail space going forward i mean it, it, do you think that um we're eventually going to get back to to a normal space or are you buying office space with the idea or one of your exit strategies is going to be to convert it to some industrial or maybe warehouse space there are uh, spaces out there facilities that would allow that type of conversion you get a lot of hybrid where they build them where they can be flex space like that to go back and forth right. um but that that's not my goal on these uh to talk specifically office and then or retail in office the retail space i was under contract on i liked it for a couple of reasons but honestly the main reason i liked it is uh it had a lot of smaller tenants to spread the risk out and then also i had a lot of uh, participation from the sellers on it and and my partner my partner and i had a lot of participation and so there were a lot yeah. of outs a lot of safety nets in it and ultimately we actually end up not closing on that property uh, because banks just hate retail so much right now, especially ones where restaurant <laughs> anchored and this had a couple of restaurants in it. And mm. um, I'm glad I went through the process. I learned a ton going through that, but I wouldn't be purchasing that asset today. So, so definitely need to be aware of the risks. There's a lot of hazards yeah. right now uh, with restaurant mom and pop has gotten crushed this year uh, and last year, even though retail historically speaking had its best year ever as an entire asset class, there were massive winners and there were massive losers in that gotcha. sector. So I stay away from it uh, for the time being. Office is another one that I think uh, is that same, has that same, um, forgetting the word, you know, split, where you're going to have some, some offices that are going to be really hurt uh, and not do well. And you're going to have others that I think uh, are, are going to survive and then, and then come out stronger in the end. Yeah. I do see office bouncing back uh, better than, than retail a little bit. That's, but that's totally a crystal ball. And I'm, I'm not, uh, yeah, <laughs> people are going to want to come back in for a couple of reasons. People do like that collaborative space. There will be a permanent uh, percentage that will stay working from home. I mean, I work from right. home full time, so I, I understand that. But I think a lot of people are going to want to go back and get that collaborative effect. And then I also think the buildings that are able to accommodate them in the new COVID environment with either improved, you know, air handling or smaller, separate—not smaller, but uh, separated offices. This thing yeah. where you're in a cube farm where you're packed in side by side, I think that's a thing of the past. I don't see those yeah. those places doing well. The office I'm under contract on, what I really like about it, it's uh, it's there's government contractors that have been in there for over 15 years, uh, the tenants okay. that have been there serving a government contract. And they have put hundreds of thousands of dollars of their own money in this building. They have continued to they were at kind of half remote work even before COVID. So this, they work a little bit more remote, but all my conversations with them know we're coming back in. They're, they're strongly tied to the area. They're strongly tied to that building actually for some specific reasons. And so unless, you know, they shut the base down that we're near, um, yeah. I think I'm still going to have a strong, uh, strong tenant base there. The other thing is you still have to plan for that. What if they do move out? What if their contract gets canceled? So there's, there's other things that can, that can make them leave. And when I look at the uh, the average rent base in that area, I'm several dollars below the median rent uh, for that uh, for that that county, 
And while it may take me a year, if I if I budget that out and say, hey, do I if I need to hold it for 12 months with no income, you know, can I do that? And if the answer is yes, um, I can get that space leased up, even drop my rent several dollars a square foot and still still make money. I can survive it. Yeah. But it's a it's a worst case scenario. I mean, I think there's maybe a five percent chance of that happening. Whereas if it doesn't, uh, there's some serious cash flow and principal pay down on this one. Um, and again, a twenty percent seller holdback at two point five percent interest for seven years. So I, I got a, a great partial awesome. that, that makes it. Oh easier. man, wow! I just got chills here and uh, seller uh, holdback for two point five percent interest. That's that's incredible. Um, that's so let's start at the beginning with these industrial properties. How, and you've done it all, right? You've wholesaled, you've, you've bought and sold single family, uh, multifamily as well. How is marketing to these industrial properties and finding these opportunities? How is it different than, um, say, anything else, right? Wholesaling, trying to find an off-market multifamily. How, how is it different? That's a, that's a fantastic question. And the answer is, uh, in other than some really small ways, it's not. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so, so that uh, in the multifamily space, I mean, those people are getting targeted massively. Houses, they're getting targeted massively. And so I took those, I won't call them skills because I calculated the other day, I spent over a million dollars in marketing in the last five years. And wow. I still am terrible at it. I still feel like I'm an answer. <laughs> That doesn't uh, do a whole lot of hope for me. If you spend a million dollars uh, and you, you feel like you're terrible at it, uh, that's I do. <laughs> there's so many things that get wrong all the time. I'm still feel like I'm floundering a little bit. But the point is, I've learned a lot of things over that time uh, in, in doing that, and I've made all the mistakes you can make. Or not, all, I've I've made half of them because I still make them every day. But I took a lot of those same skills of cold calling, of you know pulling lists. So so maybe my list source is different. You know, I'm using using CoStar or Reonomy instead of list source or you know, some of the other ones for houses. So where are you- PropStream, we got to give props to PropStream. They're a sponsor of the podcast. We can say PropStream here. <laughs> yeah, PropStream. I'm a big subscriber of PropStream. We pull a lot of our data from there. So so okay. huge them awesome. for well, uh, of them as well. But that's on the housing side. So you pull your data yeah. a little bit different. But other than that, uh, we, we cold call them. Um, so we do the same thing. It's it's. I try and keep it very simple on my, with, with my cold callers, where all they're doing is asking a couple of basic questions. Would you consider an offer? And then I jump right in. So because the conversations are a little bit more sophisticated, I like to jump in a little earlier. Sure. My yeah. letters, I'm a little more professional with them. In fact, I have <laughs> my wife and I two nights ago, uh, we're using um, open letter marketing is a service we do for years where they have a new thing where they will handwrite it with ink, address yeah. it and handwrite uh, the letter with these machines. And I wanted to put my business card in. So they mailed me 1600 of these and we are putting the business card in and then sealing you know wiping <laughs> on the thing and sealing it so we're, while we're watching tv that's what we're doing uh mailing yes. out so that's just one of the things where you, you're up in your game i mean that, that's an almost two dollar piece of mail uh to send out yeah. versus the, the 50 cents that you're going to send uh, to houses or some of those so but you're doing it's a way smaller uh target so right when you, yeah, when yeah. you're spending it's still you're spending significantly less than on houses uh, because you're only marketing to a smaller subset of, of properties. So these business owners, I, I, here's one thing I don't understand, or I'm trying to wrap my head around is these business owners, you made it sound like they own the property, their business is still running into it, running inside that small industrial space, uh, or light industrial, I shouldn't say small, light industrial space, but they want to sell the property to you, but keep their business in there. Or is that, is that a typical scenario that you run across? 
Um, so I wouldn't say that's typical, but it, okay. it definitely is a scenario. Um, in fact, there's some companies out there, that's what they specialize in is purchase and then leasebacks is, is okay. what that's called or a sale leaseback. Yeah. Um, see properties advertised that way, the tenant wants to stay. And so I have tried that scenario several times. I have not been successful yet in, in pulling that off because okay. that's a great, that's a great setup. You, you already know the tenant, yeah. they, you know, they love the building. You already know what your income is going to be. You don't have to pay leasing commissions to somebody coming in. <laughs> so if you can pull that off, uh, I've had that conversation a few times, but you have to find somebody that wants to, you know, is trying to pull cash out. And if they've been in the building a long time, maybe, you know, maybe they're not looking to pull cash out. Um, yeah. My scenarios are more uh, either it's a, uh, a vacant building or, or significantly under rented building. And what I will do, I love in that scenario is, you know, they're not making much off this building, you know, right now. I'm like, well, you know, what's your number? If we can find out what their number is and yeah. make sense from a, from a leasing, I say, Hey, look, it's just me. I'm, 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 I'm buying it. It's my money. Um, and so I can't afford to buy this building and pay a million dollars and then just have it sit there vacant. So what I need to be able to do is to say, Hey, um, I'm, I want to buy your building. I'm sure I can make this work. I've talked to my brokers. I know we can get this done, but I need to get that tenant in place first. So what mm. I what we do is we go under contract. And then me and my brokers, we work our butts off and we go find a tenant. And then we get that tenant signed up. We get an LOI from them. We get a security deposit. You know, that's all confirmed. And then I wow. close once I have that in place. So it just removes the risk of uh, getting someone in. Um, that is certainly different from the residential space. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that in a house for sure. Go get that tenant. But the numbers are so much smaller. So you can float a house uh, for a bit yeah. um, if you do that. But another one, I mean, I bought one. It's a, it, it's a perfectly... Great building. It was turnkey, literally turnkey. Had a fantastic tenant in it. The the seller just you know he wanted out, and uh, he had he had his number, and I was able to negotiate some terms. I got pretty darn close to his number again with partial seller financing, um, and was able to purchase that one for very little money down. Got got him his money, and, and away we go. Um, so nice. Happy, right. I'm happy and didn't have to do anything. All right, guys, we're going to take a break from the action with Darren real quick. And let me remind you about the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. This is a group. This is a virtual meeting group of like-minded individuals from all across the country, all ex different experience levels who come together over 20 times a month. You have the option to meet 20 times a month with these folks to find motivation, to find encouragement, to find ideas and gain the experience from those who are just a little bit further down the road than you are in your investing journey. For example, this is the month of April. In the month of April, we have nearly 60 members in the mastermind, the W2 Capitalist Mastermind, seven closings in the month of April. These are buys, sells, refinances, but seven closings, six of which all come from just the Thursday night call, which I have to brag on the Thursday night call. They're kicking ass right now, right? But for the month of April, and we're, we're about to wrap that up, right? We got, what, a week or so left to go in the month of April. We opened up five more spots for people to come join us in the mastermind. A couple of those have already been spoken for. So make sure you apply today to be part of the mastermind. You can do so. It takes about five minutes at w2capitalist.com forward slash apply. That's w2capitalist.com forward slash A-P-P-L-Y. Now let's get back to Mr. Darren Smith. So I want to get in the weeds just a minute on that aspect of it because um, we're under contract on a, on a multifamily. Another way that we pivoted, go to markets that nobody wants to be in. Uh, you know, matter of fact, I'm talking to a handful of investors now about coming in on this as a, as a JV that we're working on, it's a small 16 unit uh, deal. They, several of them lived in this area and they're like, I've never heard of that city. And I'm like, what's, well, it's like an hour North. It's, it's, 
you sh- you know you probably should know if you're Perfect. active but anyway yeah no it works out because uh, you know but i like how you've pivoted to a different asset class and you're getting very smart about it um how do you write a contract like what kind of due diligence period do you negotiate in there to say okay i want to buy this building i can't buy it until tenants in place I'm going to work to get a tenant in place or at least get an LOI from a tenant to come in before we actually close on that. How much, what kind of time frame are you giving yourself typically to place a tenant like that? Uh, well, I've only done it a couple of times. So let's be clear on that. I'm More than me. So I, well, well, good. <laughs> all the experience in the world here, but I, I try and get as long as, as long as I can. And I, I really, I go to my brokers and I say, hey, well, what do you need right now? Like, well, how long do you think it'll take? What, you know, at what rates? So you really want to network with people who, who know the market better than you. I mean, I, I target yeah. 12 counties. I, I don't know them all. I don't even know my own, my own county as well as the brokers in it know it because right. they just, they have the expertise. So I let them tell me, and then I try and pad that a little bit and negotiate with the seller if they have a timeline. So the last one I did, <laughs> I got, I got it and ended up not needing it. I got nine months of due diligence uh, in order to get the tenant in there. My broker talked me into doing it for lease or sale. I want to lease the building. I want to hold it. I love the building. I wanted to get that in. But right now in this market with uh, interest rates being so ridiculously low that right, so many yeah. people want to be owner occupied. They want to move into a building. They want to own it. And this has actually happened to the last two buildings I've put under contract, industrial buildings anyway. I put them up for lease. They don't lease. I put them up for lease or sale at a stupid number and it sells in, in days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good for that, you. That's what's been happening. So the one I actually had closed on, and I, and I sold that one last Friday. The other one, uh, I end up not closing on it. I, I'm I'm actually assigning that to a third party uh, buyer okay. who's coming in and taking the contract. So we're we're going to novate it. Um, or, or so you're wholesaling. You're wholesaling an industrial space is basically Correct. what's going on. And I, awesome. and I did that on and I did that on uh, through a through a commercial broker. He wholesaled the property for me. Basically, wow. he went out and found the buyer. So I'm paying him a commission on the total amount. I mean, then getting yeah. getting the spread there. But everybody's happy. I mean, it wasn't my intention going into this property, uh, and I'm still honoring 100% of what I agreed to do with the sure. seller. So yep. he's going to be super happy. In fact, he's even happier because it's closing sooner. Um, <laughs> I'm not the one buying the building. I'm assigning it off uh, to somebody else. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I, I these long due diligence windows they've always intrigued me because of the space I've played in. It's usually you know. 45 60 maybe 90 days if if we're if we're lucky and and um ryan gibson if you know him he does a lot with self-storage and he's like the self-storage guy or whatever and um i shouldn't say whatever he's he is the self-storage guy and i had him on uh, a couple months ago and he was talking about they get sometimes two or three years for a due diligence period because they'll buy a plot of land that has to be rezoned and has to go through all these different things and he's like we can't commit to buying it if we can't build on it. So we'll put some deposit down and it'll be two or three years before we actually close on it because it takes that long to get through their due diligence. And my mind was just blown away. I was like, how, like if I'm putting a, you know, putting a deposit down a day, it may be two or three years before I can even break ground. Right. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to build something. So I, I, uh, it, like you say, as long as you can get, but typically it's about, six to nine months, I think is what you said, right? That's what I try try and get if I'm, if I'm going to be releasing the building and it all comes back to, I mean, everything is, it's, it's still sale. It's still, how am I helping this seller? How am I helping this property owner? So you got to know 100% of their story, what their pain is, 
what they're trying to achieve. And then if you can put together a scenario that, that works, what, what yeah. do they care how long it is if you're solving their other problem? That's true. That is true. You, uh, you mentioned that you use a lot of your own money, but you also have investors too that come in, right? And partner with you or is it that right? It, it, because, and I bring that up because in, in your uh, notes, it says that you have a uh, special way of making sure your investors are made whole or kept whole. What is that secret sauce? You mind diving into that a little bit? And then, then I want to talk about your team. Your team yes. is, I know you're big on that. I want to make sure I understand everything that's going on there. Yeah, they're, they're phenomenal for sure. And, and yeah, none of this would be happening without them. Um, the the secret sauce I have, because I you always get that question, especially if someone's doing financing or if they're, if they're lending money to you is, is the, uh, what if you hit by a bus? You know, what, <laughs> what happens? And it's, it's the perfect question because, you know, that, that answer is, you got to have a lot of things figured out if you like disappear to have it have it still work. So there's several things I do. First off, every time that I borrow money, it's tied with the deed of trust against the property. So that that's thing number one. Uh, second off, when I buy these properties, we're I'm buying them at a discount um, or I'm releasing them, so I'm doing a value add, so they're worth you know significantly more or at least a good bit of, you know of padding in there uh, more than what I'm paying for them. So the people lending they have you know that room in there as well. So that's just on the, the asset side itself, how I'm making sure they're secured against, you know, having a good equity position um, with some extra in there. The operations are the other thing. So oh, everything that I do with these properties, so much of it is automated. It is the payments come in automatically, the payments go out, auto, you know, automated. It's all through, uh, you know, through my checking accounts. And so I set that up to be as streamlined as possible and as non, where I, where I have to do as little as possible. The third thing is, I have, uh, we are huge into processes. So we use um, Asana for our process track, yep. tracking. And then we make Loom videos, L-O-O-M videos, where it's like a well, screen capture. Yep. And I walk through every step, even just, you know, paying the bills, you know, okay, you get a letter in, here's, you know, here's the bill, here's how you do it. Here's how you get the bank account, here's how you pay the checking account. And I have all those videos saved in our Asana. So it is tracked out and documented. If I disappeared, my wife, she knows where that is. And if a bill comes in, she'd be able to, if I get hit by a bus or if I fall off my electric skateboard, and hit my head, uh, <laughs> then she'd be able to, uh, to step right in. And not that there'd be much to do because again, it is so automated, um, but yeah. she'd be able to take that over without, without any trouble. I wanna, I'm going to look up when we hang up, how many people annually get hit by a bus? Because that is such a coin <laughs> phrase. You would think that it happens all the time and maybe it is. I don't know. I, I just... I, I am generally curious now on, on what that number is. Um, <laughs> that's good. I, I've, I've heard of Asana. I haven't dabbled in it. Loom is, in, like you said, loom.com. It is free to use. Uh, I think it allows you to do five-minute videos on the free version, and then after that, it, it, you pay for it because I use Loom uh, pretty regularly too. Is What about Asana? Is there a cost to that? Do you know? Or I'm sure there's different plans, or is it one of these well, freebie <laughs> The, you the free know. plan. We have not bumped in any of the limitations uh, yet of on the, the free, free plan. plan. So wow. okay, I, I think it only lets you hold like ten thousand messages. So maybe we've passed that. In fact, I know we've passed that. But if it's ten thousand messages ago, nobody cares about it anyway. So <laughs> I would be That's happy true. to pay them. We we get a great service, but I just yeah. I don't know what the paid would uh, would do any more for us. But yeah, we love we love documenting things out in there, and then we just take that Loom video link, put it in there, a couple simple steps, high level, and that's it. Yeah. I, I love that an uh, investor as experienced as you are and who's been doing this for 18 years is looking for 
products that you can use for very small costs like Loom and Asana because newbies are all the same. You know, we got to control costs, you know, something you start out at the very beginning. I, you know, when I was talking to um, somebody the other day about one of the programs I use and it cost me 50 bucks a month to use. And she was like, why are you paying that? I was like, because it saves me. I, I, I mean, it saves me hours upon hours every week. That adds up and that is totally worth 50 bucks. Is there a cheaper option that I could that I could do for a few more clicks? Probably so, but this thing, it, I, I'm not worth exploring it. Not right now. It's just, it doesn't no. matter. So, but that's cool that you guys, with your experience level, you're still looking after that stuff. Um, all right, so let's talk about your team. I know you're, you're extremely proud of them. Uh, yeah. you're, matter of fact, if you guys are listening to this, uh, you didn't get to see it, but if you're on YouTube, obviously you saw Darren's face light up when I said your team and he kind of blushed a little bit and kind of did this other thing. So let's talk about your team, man. Who's on your team and, and why are you so proud of them? Uh, so right now we have, we have just a, a super ninja. He's smiling from ear to ear guys. If you are listening, like he is seriously, uh, in love with his team here. So hey, this is good. I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to have the time to be on this podcast without him. I mean, yeah. literally, uh, the, the things they're able to do and, 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 uh, are just, and every one of them is far surpasses me in the role that they're in. I mean, it's not even close. And so that, that's, what's awesome too. Um, my team though, we have, I've, I've probably had, I don't know, 15 employees, you know, over the years of uh, doing this, you know, that have come and gone, you know, all of them great people, but just for whatever reason, you're not a good fit. So what we've, uh, you know, like I said, what we've filtered down to, or, you know, uh, cut, cut away and now chiseled out this, this amazing thing. It's just three, uh, three full-time people in, in the United States, uh, and then two virtual assistants that we have. Um, and, you know, we like to grow it a little bit because we get a little, a little bit, bit too busy sometimes, sure. But right now it's a, uh, a transaction uh, coordinator is uh, Kelly. She does a phenomenal job. I mean, she's never had a closing fallout. She's been doing this over a year with me. And wow. I know our transaction coordination is. It is, it's half <laughs> like super uh, focused and detail oriented and scheduling. And then it's half like a uh, counselor. I mean, you have to basically have to like holding these people's hands and they're crying about a delay and it's, it's nuts. So she is just amazing at that, uh, at what she does. Uh, my lead manager, Caleb, he does lead management, has been doing that with me for over three years. And he also now has, has recently taken over our marketing and does an amazing job. Um, we started using REI SIFT, which is a data management. Yeah. I was the, literally the worst data man. I mean, I, I he counted them up. I, I sent him 47 spreadsheets that he had to load into this thing. That's how I manage my data. And so uh, when I said I suck at marketing, I, you know, there's some proof <laughs> for that for sure. Um, but he's just, he's a rock star. He's, he has managed our cold calling teams. Uh, he has his own virtual uh, assistants that that help him with uh, with his tasks and he does a great job with that. So so right with him. And then my sales, uh, sales manager, uh, Jeremy, he does both our acquisitions and our dispositions. And so he has his assistant as well that works with him, helps him with a lot of administrative tasks, uh, create, you just create a, you know, to put any property out, it takes two, three hours just to put all the things together to, to sell and wholesale property. So he does uh, just an amazing job as a rock star, And he, he coaches uh, other teams on sales. I mean, the, the passion that he has into it and just how good he is into uh, at doing that. He came from pharmaceutical sales. And so I, that is like really cutthroat in that industry. And so he knew nothing about real estate when he came uh, and started working with me coming up on three years ago as well. Um, but 
in a very short time, once he learned the lingo and, and that, he has just continued to refine and refine uh, and improve. And we, we follow John Martinez. That's the sales training that we use. And yeah, I, he could, he could recite all that and, and do it with his, do it in his sleep at this point. So. And what uh, was his name again? Uh, Jeremy. Oh, uh, the sales training Jeremy. is John Martinez. No, no, your, your teammate. Uh, Jeremy Darter. That's Jeremy. his name. Yeah. Jeremy. So he, uh, Jeremy is, is yeah, awesome and all that. So what that, allows me to do is I, I used, I, I've been in doing all of those roles at one point in time. In fact, I had hired out a whole team. Uh, my business almost crashed, let the entire team go, took everything back over, started doing it myself again, wow. brought it back uh, and then rehired and, and learned a lot through that process. Uh, and I'm doing significantly better. And I got to, um, I got to give a shout out to, you know, I have a, a business coach uh, as, as well. Uh, Steve Drury. He, I've been working with him almost three years now and no, four years. And it was a rough time back then. It really was. I, I was spending, oh my gosh, you know, $25,000, $30,000 a month in marketing. <laughs> and, you know, thought I had all, had all these deals going. I had so much happening and yet was not uh, profitable for a period of time there. And it just, you know, they had to, I had to rein it back in, bring it back, tighten it up, take it over. Um, and that's what's come out of, that, out of that fire is this team that I have now. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just been amazing. It's been working great since then. And so now to be able to take them and leverage their, you know, high level skills on the commercial side as well to be, to be calling, to be managing the marketing, to be having those sales conversations. It's been great. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of shout outs, shout out to Kelly, Caleb and, and, uh, Jeremy for, uh, putting that <laughs> smile on your face, man. That That's incredible. Thank you. Um, also you mentioned REICF and I want to give a shout out to Tyler Austin founder of that he and I are both in the same, uh, local RIA. And while I don't use the product, cause I don't do all that you're talking about, um, I keep hearing how that product's improving and it's getting better and better and better. And it's just, if you're doing anything of a certain volume, uh, to really cut down on your marketing costs, you need that, that platform. So, um, that's cool. That's good. Good, good. Yeah. Um, all right. So on a more serious note, uh, what is the message you'd most like to be known for? The message I'd most like to be known for is, is one that I had on my business card for a, for a while. I don't own the commercial side, but it's every seller must benefit. And it okay. was, it was the philosophy we had in our company that we truly like, we will not do a deal period. If we're not able to put a seller in a better place, it, you know, if it, it, it doesn't matter. And have we lost deals because of this where, the, the first, one of the main questions we ask everybody is, Hey, I've, you know, why don't, why don't you look at these other options, man? Have you, have you thought of listening with a realtor? Hey, it wouldn't take you much money to fix this up. And we, we try and explore every option for every seller to see what is truly their best Avenue. And if we are that best Avenue, we will do everything we can to hand, hold their hand through the entire process and get them to get them to a better place. If we're not, we tell them that, um, sometimes they sell to us anyway, they don't take our advice, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But, but you it. sleep with a clean conscience, right? I, I mean, you just, yeah. and I will tell you, it'll, it's cost us deals. I know it's definitely because we tell sure. them these other options they hadn't thought of and they go pursue those and, and they end up in a better place. But I, as a whole, we definitely make more money because of it. We are more profitable by doing that for two reasons. One, uh, the referrals from people. We get a ton of people yeah. from when we've helped them through it. Um, our, our reviews, we have more reviews than anybody else in our market, you know, five stars. So there's, that's a huge part of it. Um, the second thing, reason why is there's a mentality in our team. Like I, I love hearing the conversations 
where that exact thing played out. Hey, I talked her through it and she ended up doing this other thing, or, Hey, I really think we can help this person. When I hear those kind of words coming out of people, like I know it's, it's part of the culture and sellers can feel that they are, they may not know what it is, but they feel that. And they know that, um, that the, everybody in our company is truly trying to help them. And we buy a lot more houses because of that. So yeah, that's yeah. what we know. For. So the go-giver by Bob Berg is prerequisite for the job before the job interview. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, Are you familiar with the book? I, I, I'm very familiar. I don't know if I've read that one yet. I've heard about it like 20 oh, times. Man, you're uh, living it. You're, you're living it. That's basically what it is. Like you, you want to help people. And the concept is the more people you help, then the more you're going to get, uh, it's basically karma, right? Working for you. It's basically, so you're doing that for sure. Um, have you ever heard the, the phrase non-zero sum game? Have you ever heard that before? I have not. I haven't either. And, and the other night I was reviewing your notes as they came in and I was watching a movie and it just so happened, like I was reading, um, reading uh you know about your core values and how you always strive for a win-win-win situation and then the movie i'm, I'm half playing in the background just says background noise and this daughter asked her mom hey what's the technical term for a, for a, a deal where everybody wins and she was like win-win she was like no it's not that and a little bit later they came back and says oh it's a non-zero sum game and i'm like huh what i don't it's it's definitely more technical i kind of like win cubed right is is win 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 but anyway um you've done a lot in your career you mentioned hiring a coach which i think everybody should hire a coach uh seasonally it's not something that's going to last all year but you know a 90 day sprint to kind of get your focus if you're having trouble focusing but what is was that the most pivotal part in your career as an investor i i've had so many um some of those moments where, where, where there was some massive change, but I would have to say that, that that was one of the top two most pivotal moments. Um, I was heading down a direction where you think you got, you know, the world, <laughs> you, know, you got, you're in control and really stuff spiraling out. And he really kind of sat me down at a come to Jesus moment and, you know, helped me get back on track. But the reason I've stayed with him because He's very expensive to, to have a coach, you know, every week, uh, you know, the price per hour, man, I wish I made that much money. And, uh, <laughs> but he has helped me become such a better leader and a better, uh, better able to help other people. Like there, there's no way I would have the team that I have now if I didn't know how to really help them achieve their best. I mean, you have to really get behind their life goals and, and what they want out of life and, and how they want their work, you know, to, to be, and, and really challenge them and, and support them in all those ways. And, he helps me do that. So that's, that's been huge. Cause you can't keep talent. Uh, like I have, you know, the, the AA, a plus players, if you yeah. can't uh, give them what they need to be challenged and feel like you, know, you truly care about them and support their life. So I got to give that the other biggest pivotal moment was, um, and I'll say it just cause look, it's kind of funny a little bit was I joined, uh, the, the seven figure flipping mastermind coming up on five oh, yeah. years, Bill Allen, right? Bill Allen, Bill Allen's been a huge influence for me and I've learned, learned a ton from him. But more so, I've learned a ton from all the people in that group. It's, it's a hugely yeah. supportive group. But the funny, when I want to say pivotal moment, was about a two-week period where I kind of signed up for the group by accident. I kind of like submitted the form <laughs> thinking, like I was like saving it, not submitting it. And then like they, 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 they called me up and the next thing I know, like I'm in. So I'm writing a $25,000 check at the time. That's what it was to get in. Um, I was still, I was working in computers. I was high level computer consultant uh, at the time, five years ago, still working remotely. 
And I thought, okay, well, okay, we, we can swing that or whatever. And I, I'd been wholesaling a bit. I took a few houses. So I was making some money. Okay, we got this. Well, literally like the next week I downsized. So <laughs> I lost my job. Um, like three days later, I'm scheduled to go out to the mastermind. So I'm driving out uh, to, to Utah from Colorado uh, to go to this mastermind with a friend of mine, telling him about this happening. And, and uh, I hadn't told my wife yet, by the way, at the moment. So that was the other... <laughs> <laughs> I got Whoa. laid off. Which part did you not tell her that you got laid off or yeah, that you that joined the mastermind? I, I told her I'd signed up. I didn't tell her I got laid off because her parents were coming like two days later and I didn't want to like ruin her trip. So these gotcha. are reasons you use in your own head to justify. So I'm basically telling you all the dirt on myself and all the massive ways that I screwed up uh, during that couple week period. But I got in the group. I was in the group and the things I learned from them, we were, re- we were all kind of fledging with time. I think one group maybe was doing a million dollars a year. No, not, not even yet. Nobody was. We're all like on the phone during the meetings, like trying to like take calls from like leads coming in, you know, doing everything ourselves. Like that was, that was how it started. Um, but learning and growing through them uh, and, and seeing other people grow in that business. And I've been through many ups and downs uh, since then, but that, that, that group has been a huge support from the real estate, uh, the marketing and, and, you know, the more technical yeah. stuff there. Yeah, I enjoy what Bill uh, has been on the podcast. He presented at a summit I had last year. Uh, phenomenal. He and I are also in the same uh, local Rio, so it's uh, it's kind of like a it's interesting to see um, so many rock stars being produced out of the, this one local Rio. Matt Robinson, I give you a shout out to you. You do a phenomenal job. He's growing like crazy. Um, I I want to touch on your high high tech computer job. What what did you actually do? You're a consultant. That's, that was my background as well. Yeah, I did a little bit. Of, so I did computers in the service. Uh, continued okay. after I got out. I, I went. I did everything, you know, network security, server admin, um, enterprise management type stuff. I, I ended up. I kept finding myself in roles where I was never like the best technically competent, um, but I could talk with the managers and talk with the technicians. I could speak the language and talk to the managers. So I was always kind of uh, managing the teams or being that liaison uh, between the management. And I really liked that role. It was a lot of fun because yeah. you could kind of put all the pieces together from all the groups and do it. Uh, at the later in my career though, uh, I was doing enterprise management. I was the guy that would go install the hardware and the software. So if you had a, a you know, a thousand computers or 10,000 computers in your company, I would uh, go set up the systems that allow you to monitor and, and watch all of that. And so yeah. a lot of that was done from home, uh, the, the training and consulting. And then I'd go on site, you know, maybe about 10 times a year just to spend a couple of days there with, with somebody. And that was it. So a lot, a lot of flexibility in the, uh, in the real estate world as well. Yeah. You and I are a lot alike. We, we, there's very few of us. It's very rare, I think, to have somebody who can talk to uh, the engineers, but then also make it, make that whole thing make sense to the end customer and, you know, the, uh, a movie scene comes to mind with office uh, office space where you know uh i forget the guy's name but he's in there you can't have engineers talking to customers you can't have customers talking to engineers that's why i'm here you know and uh but anyway um and we both have had uh similar fates right you got laid off i got laid off and we're both big fans of masterminds i mean it's it's that's it's it. cool that's very cool all right uh darren i want to i want to wrap up we almost it's incredible how an hour will go by so quickly um i want to move to this part of the show where i call off the wall just Uh-oh. off the wall there's i have this app on my phone that presents three different questions i did it right before uh we jumped on here and uh no stress whatsoever uh, most Sweating of them already. 
<laughs> they're not real estate related. So we're going to, we're going to change the tune a little bit, but here's question number one, what upcoming life event are you excited about? That's kind of oh, deep. Gosh. I saw that come up. I was like, man, I like this. I, I, I hope Darren appreciates a pretty deep question because I'm, I'm excited about, um, gosh, I, I hope nobody from her work hears this, but she is looking at uh, doing a significant <laughs> scale back on the number of hours she's working here in the next uh, couple of months. And to be able to, uh, you know, have created something that allows for that, um, yeah. you know, and just spend more time with our, with our child. I'm, I'm super excited about that for her spending more time at home. That's a bit, that's a big one. That's uh that's good. Good. Hopefully she will be able to accomplish that. And if anybody from her work, Here's this and has a problem with it. My cell phone number is 205-249-0248. I will tell you why this is a good thing for the Smith family. Don't take it out on Darren and his wife. I'm gonna I'm gonna insert myself into that situation. Um all right, question number two. If you could be a game show host for a day, what game show are are you the host of? Oh, the one the one I always had the most fun was uh uh with with Bob Barker, the um Price is right. Yeah, price is right. That one, just because everything, like you never knew what was coming up. It was always something different. Like some screen would open up and there was the game and you were acting <laughs> involved and throwing stuff and guessing stuff. So I like, uh, you know, just, just like in real estate, you never know what the next, you know, next phone call is going to bring or the next deal. That's why I like that one. And, you know, very involved with the audience. It, you never know how an audience member is going to act. I mean, they're going to do something crazy, you know, and, and, uh, but that's, uh, yeah. one of my, uh, former neighbors was actually on, uh, the price is right. Uh, now it was a long time ago. That's it awesome. was, uh, it was, I think right when it first came out, but anyway, he's, he's, he's supposed to act crazy. So like, like they, they, I know, they I know. I mean, who's not excited like about the, who's yeah. not excited about the chance to win free prizes, a new car. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's fun. Have, have you ever been on a game show? I, I have not been on a game show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm disappointed saying that too. <laughs> All right, new life goal for 2021. <laughs> I, they probably forget about trying to have a second kid and convincing your wife that's a good thing. We got to get you on a game show, Darren. Okay, Price is Right. New, new goal. Just, just change my priorities. <laughs> uh, all right, last question. What is the strangest thing you've ever seen in the middle of the road? Oh, God, I can't. Can't think of the strangest thing, but the scariest thing was a uh, an eighteen wheeler, the entire wheel entire, from the other side of the highway, bounding down the road and jumped over my truck uh, yeah, as I was wow. uh, going down the road. So I know those weigh like a hundred pounds or something. I can't or maybe probably even more. Uh, so that that's the scariest thing that I have seen. But I, I can't think of something strange other than just dead animals. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you've ever played uh, the game Percy. Do you know what I'm talking about? I want to say Percy and think no. about the middle of the road. So we had this game and if my parents listen to this, which I don't think they do, but if, if they listen to this, they're going to ask me about it. Next time I talk to them, um, we took one of my mom's old purses and we would tie a fishing line around it and we'd throw the purse out in the middle of the road. And then we would go hide and as cars go by and they stop, oh, there's a purse, you know, and they're thinking maybe there's something in there and they reach down to grab it and then you jerk the fish and take off running. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Now, now I know what game I can play with Henry when he gets older. <laughs> 
teach them well, teach them well. <laughs> Darren, I have enjoyed our time together, man. A very enlightening conversation. Um, I'm, I'm impressed and amazed at everything you've got going on, but more so how you paid attention to the market and you pivoted and you went to an asset that is, is producing for you. And a lot of people are staring away because you're right. Multifamily is just, Oh, it's the hot new thing, man. It is. It, if you don't have some, you're missing out. And, um, I'm, I don't know. I, I love it. I love it. I wish I knew. How did, let me back up one second. How did you say, okay, like what kind of research did you do to, to understand how to underwrite commercial and kind of get to where you were, where you felt comfortable enough to make that first offer? I'm sure like just luck. as you were you know, super <laughs> scared making your first offer on a house, uh, it's yeah. the same, you know, kind same of that way. same feeling. Uh, but I do have some friends uh, that are in commercial as well. They they more on the retail and office uh, side and done some multifamily as well. But uh, that was just kind of learning from them. And then the same thing, you know, masterminds. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't joined one yet. The Scott Shields is the commercial mastermind that I've been following. So I went to some of his seminars, learned some things, networked some people, um, and then just reading books, you know, everything else. Although I can't say books uh, have been immensely helpful just because I find you, you learn so much more by just getting out there and doing it. Yeah. Maybe some yeah. of that circulated into my, into my brain as I read and picked up the language. Cause while a lot of it's similar, it, it is a different language. You have to learn sure. you know, the, the words that are used as people are talking about or, or you kind of sound like an idiot. Um, and what also kind of thing kind of helped was getting in my first property. It was, it was a little bit turnkey. And so that it wasn't one where I was going negotiating leases and, you know, doing construction projects and, uh, you know, not, you know, anything kind of demolition, uh, it was turnkey. So I got to learn a lot through that process and, nice. and what it all was without having to, uh, you have the massive risk of figuring things out. Very, very cool. All right, Darren, how can people, they hear this, they want to reach out. What is the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, they can reach me at my home buying business is Darren D A R R E N at sell my house to Smith dot com uh, or they can reach me at that company as well 719-325-8853 one more time on that phone number 719-325-8853 i got the last four but i didn't get the first part thank you for doing that darren thank you again for being here and i will talk to you soon thank you jay appreciate having me on all right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Mr. Darren Smith. A couple of suggestions for next steps. Number one, if you have not left us a rating and review on iTunes, please do so. Just scroll down the bottom of, if you're listening on iTunes, go down to the very bottom, hit on the five stars. That is the rating. And then type us out a quick review. It takes about two minutes for this whole process to do. And we will forever be grateful. I will forever be grateful because I know the more ratings and reviews that we get and the better ratings and reviews that we get, not only do we get to know what kind of information you want to hear, but also it gets our message in the hands, not really in the hands, in the ears of others who want to learn how to build wealth for their family, right? The second step or second recommended next step is to check out Mark Willis on the bank on yourself concept. You can find him at w2capitalist.com forward slash bank. We just had a webinar a couple of weeks ago where he talked about the importance of writing a contract for yourself that is eventually going to be available on w2capitalist.com forward slash bank. I hope it's there by the time you're listening to this, but it's an hour long webinar and it's not the only webinar we're going to do with Mark this year. Very important 
concept, and very important strategy he's talking about on how you can leverage being your own bank and continue to build wealth and legacy wealth for you and your family. So check out all the webinars that we have going on throughout the year at w2capitalist.com forward slash webinar. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the end. Now get out there and earn, invest, repeat. <laughs>